I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design, recorded in the Living Kitchen Studio. I sat with Modern Luxury Group publisher Chris Gilanella and Modern Luxury Editor-in-Chief Laura Eckstein-Jones. We talked about publishing, the publishing industry, specifically as it relates to the design community, with multiple titles. How does this dynamic team cover an eternally changing city like Los Angeles? How do they separate trending from trendy and provide users, readers, sponsors, and the subjects of the content itself with the experience they demand? In an era with fewer media titles and fewer media owners, how do designers and architects set themselves apart and secure coverage? What do these changes hold for designers, architects, PR reps, and brand managers? With so many questions and so few answers available, I went to the source. So you can hear exactly how they process this and turn it into action. Before we get into this episode of Convo by Design with Chris and Laura, I want to thank you for listening and invite you to join in the conversation. You can find us at Convo by Design on Twitter and at Convo by Design, this time with an X, on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find videos from this conversation uh, and others on our YouTube channel. Again, search Convo by Design, and you'll find over 150 videos from some of your favorite guests, including the following. Also, if you like the show, and I hope that you do, please send it to a friend so they can join in our design community. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Convo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond, a family-owned and operated company serving the Southern California design and architecture community for over 70 years. 70 years of fantastic service and amazing products, like those from Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove. Another family-owned and operated company serving designers for over 70 years with innovative design and stunning good looks that all work together seamlessly. Like the Pro 48 Refrigeration, it's an absolute game changer. Sculpted metal design that is a culinary secret weapon. Dual refrigeration that properly separates humid refrigeration and dry for frozen and convenience foods and keeps everything fresher longer. This is an aggressive design statement from handles to hinges with every detail considered and sculpted to absolute perfection, including the glass door option, which is just gorgeous. Now, pair the Pro 48 with a Wolf vacuum seal drawer, the ultimate food preservation companion. See how this works? The folks at Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove work tirelessly to give designers and architects the products they need to design amazing kitchens. Kitchens that allow homeowners to be the absolute best they can be in the kitchen of their dreams, the kitchen that you designed. And right now, thanks to the Grand Kitchen event, how about three years of extra protection or a $1,000 rebate? These offers are only for a limited time and conditions apply, so take control and get all the details. To see the full line of Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove products, go to any of the three Los Angeles area Snyder Diamond showrooms. You can also see the Living Kitchen in the Pasadena and Santa Monica Snyder Diamond showrooms. Get your coffee? You good? All right. Welcome to West Edge. I'm Josh Cooperman, host and publisher of Convo by Design, podcast for the design and interiors communities. If you have never heard of us before, welcome. Glad to meet you. Uh, you can find us everywhere you get your podcasts. So we're free and we're there. Um, I am really excited about starting off the panel today, Sunday, at West Edge Design Fair with me today. First of all, this conversation is media mastery, covering a city from multiple angles 
and giving readers, listeners, and viewers what they want. And in order to do that, you have to have people who are in the trenches doing it every single day. And we have that for you today. Uh, Chris Gilanella is the group publisher for Modern Luxury. And Laura Eckstein-Jones is the editor-in-chief for Angelino and Modern Luxury's Interiors magazine. I, I've, I've worked with Chris for a number of years, and I've worked with Laura. What is it? We, we met each other, I think, about a year ago. And what's really interesting in today's age of media is both consolidation as well as looking for opportunities to really provide readers, viewers, consumers what they want in a, in a time where social media is prevalent and it's, we, ha we kind of have to self-edit what we're going to consume and how we're going to consume it. And these are two people who live in that world every single day. So I'm very excited that you guys are both here. Um, Chris, what your background. Tell me about your background. Tell them about your background because I know it. Okay. I'm ha happy to do that. So I am a New Jersey native. Um, I grew up in, on the East Coast. I moved out to L.A. in 1994, so half my life. I've been an Angelino. And I started off in the media world, uh, distributing press releases, videos, and then I started with Modern Luxury back in 2000 when we launched Angelino Magazine. And I've just been in, as you said, the trenches for 18 years now in the media world and really seeing uh, what businesses were looking for then and what they're looking for now. And it's interesting how the dichotomy has changed over the years. Um, so that's sort of my background in sales, marketing, events, you know, support. And, and Laura, as editor-in-chief, sort of your, your background and how you wound up with Modern Luxury. Sure. Um, I'm also from the East Coast. I grew up in New York, and I started my career in um, 2001, in the media world. I've always worked in magazines on the editorial side, first um, at a home design, uh, interiors and architecture magazine called Home Style. And then after that, worked at a few other magazines in New York uh, for 12 years before moving out to LA five years ago. And I started at Modern Luxury at Angelino, Interiors, and also our Bridal Magazine. And um, throughout the last five years, I've held different positions at different magazines. We launched a new magazine called BH um, that I'm the editor of. And um, yeah, I'm still at, Angeli at Angelino. I'll soon actually be stepping down from Interiors. A new editor will be starting because I was recently promoted to editor-in-chief of Angelino. But it's been a really interesting time for me trying out different roles here at the company and kind of advancing um, as I've been there. Well, and, and that's a great lead-in to the, the business and the business itself. And, and Chris, you know, you, you handle the front of house and the sponsorship side. And you, as publisher, you know, you handle the logistics and how the magazine run, how the magazines run. And Laura, your back of house content, you both have to have your, your fingers firmly on the pulse of the city. LA is not a city. LA is what, like 45 cities, right? All combined and smushed together and expected to have similar tastes. I don't, I don't think so. How do, you, how do you approach that? How do you manage that? So, you know, first off, Modern Luxury, we consider ourselves sort of like a, the back office of your your business, whether we're your marketing arm or your advertising arm. And we don't really consider ourselves a magazine company. We're more of a 
media brand company. So when we talk about our products like Angelino and Interiors and LA Confidential, those are all brands. And within those brands, we have a level of different things that we, op- we offer, which is print magazines, digital events, and sponsorship. So we kind of utilize ourselves as sort of the connectors in the community. Did I answer your question? No. Okay. Um, so I I did. <laughs> no, but I, I appreciate that because I'm going to go to I'm going to actually throw this to to Laura because when when as editor in chief you're working with a number of content providers and you're trying to get you know everyone wants to see something everyone wants to see something different how do you approach what people want in your in using your own aesthetic and using your own style but not overly your own because you have to do it for so many different people under so many different banners. Right. How, do you, how, do you know, how do you know what everyone wants and how do you give them what they want knowing that you can't give everyone what they want? It's really hard because obviously there's so much content out there in Los Angeles, which as you said is a huge city or even can be considered many cities within a city. Um, there, I have my own personal aesthetic, as you mentioned, um, but I have to consider the reader, and we're always trying to appeal to a specific reader, um, a very discerning reader, somebody who wants the best of the best, who wants to try the newest things, but also appreciates what Los Angeles has to offer in terms of tradition. Luxury is always something that I have to consider. Um, timeliness, so whether or not a business is new or celebrating uh, a significant milestone, those are all things that come into play when I make my decisions on, yes, this is something that's going into the magazine or not. Um, So yeah, there always has to be luxury, timeliness, something special. Um, And I also think it's important to say in LA, there's tradition, traditional, there's modern, there's all sorts of different style. And for Laura, she has to sort of make sure that we do cover as much as we can. The community's grown. A lot of high-rises are going up. That might be more of a modern p- pitch. Um, a home in Pasadena might be more of a traditional craftsman-style pitch. Mm-hmm. So we really have to make sure we do cater to the right audience. It's funny, too, because you, you guys are kind of, you're not kind of, you're, you're tastemakers. And you're star makers, too. If someone appears in, on the pages of the magazine, there's a certain level of fame that's going to that's gonna come with that because they appeared. That holds a certain amount of responsibility. Where does, where does it start for you? Um, does it start with a pitch? Does it start with a PR agent coming to you and saying, hey, here's my client or here's my client's project if it's, if it's interiors? Where does it start? Well, for me, when I'm putting together the lineup for an issue, I always want to have a balanced kind of... Uh, balanced projects throughout. So like Chris said, modern, traditional, contemporary, blah, blah, blah. So there's always that. So when I'm starting from the beginning, I want to make sure to look for different types of things. So I usually um, reach out to all of my contacts. So be be it publicists or designers or just people out in the community that I know have great connections. Let them know what I'm looking for. And then people come back to me. That's not it, though. Um, I also look on Instagram. Social media is a big uh, tool for me. If I'm looking for some specific type of project, I could type in different hashtags or look for different designers and see what comes up. There could be a designer whose work I've really admired, um, and I'll reach out to them to see if they have any projects that haven't been published yet that they would be willing to share with us. Or So sometimes relationships start like that, too. And Chris, in a, in a time where 
print, many, many publications aren't making it. You guys are actually thriving and, and you've grown. Yeah. How, how is that happening? You know, it's interesting. Back in 2000, we really uh, catered to the Uber luxury, right, through the print vehicle. So a lot of our business was sort of in the magazine. And the beauty of what we, can, we did then that we still do now is that we're sort of local t- tastemakers. So let's say you're Cartier on Rodeo Drive and you want to draw a specific crowd into your store. We have local access to do that. So I feel the regional luxury market is always going to sort of prevail in this environment because we're the ones who, as you said, are tastemakers and can bring the right people in to a business to let their business grow and prosper. Well, here's one of the things that I think most people don't realize, and that is in order to succeed and thrive as a publication, you have to have, you have to be a researcher. Yeah. You, you know more, you guys know more about this city than, than just about everyone because you have to know where you're going to send the publications because if you don't send them to the right areas, they're not going to be picked up by the right people. If they're not picked up by the right people, then the advertising and sponsorship doesn't work. If the sponsorship doesn't work, then they go somewhere else, which ultimately is, a, is that vicious circle. From the research side of things, and I'm interested in this too as, a, as an Angelino, knowing that our cities are changing as rapidly as they are, how... What do, you, what do you find of L.A. right now? You, we, all, we all know because we hear the headlines about how certain areas over other areas are growing. How do you manage staying ahead of that curve and deciding what cities are, are targets for you? Yeah, I mean, our distribution model is really interesting. For Angelino magazine, we mail out 30,000 copies based on household income and home value. So again, we do want to make sure the right reader is reading the magazine Obviously, for an advertising point of view, we want our advertisers to actually get the right people into their store. So we always say we're more of who many than how many. Now, it's really interesting because our magazines, let's say we're in the top 15 hotels in Beverly Hills, we now become sort of an international magazine. So now we cater to people that live all over the world through our outlet of Angelino. But uh, we also have another side of our business, which is the aspirational market, which are people who maybe don't have the money now, but will have the money one day, we want to make sure we attract those people as well. Plus, our social media has grown so much, and that's more the aspirational market. Events, we're constantly meeting different new people. We want to connect the right people together as well. So that's how our events really work these days. Laura, I think it's interesting. From a, because you have your, your fingers firmly on the pulse of L.A., Orange County, and because we're at West Edge and we're talking about design and interiors and architecture, what are, what are you seeing right now? Is anything, not trendy, I hate trendy, but trending, is there anything that you're seeing right now that has surprised you, that you're excited about? In terms of design? In terms of design, in terms of architecture, specific to the city. Like, I'll tell you, it's really interesting. In a number of the people that I've spoken to over the last couple of days, modern and contemporary are, there's a lot happening in, in the modern space right now. But modern, not as in boxy structures as we traditionally think of modern, but more as in the modern philosophy, as less is more, as streamlining, which, which is something that traditionally we haven't, we haven't done. You know, from color standpoints, I'm just curious what you're seeing out there that we might be seeing more of next spring. 
Well, I think especially here in LA, there is such a, a growth with um, high luxury high-rise living. So especially in downtown, in uh, Century City with 10,000, um, all across the city, really high-rises and um, these luxury buildings are becoming more and more prevalent. I know the Four Seasons in Beverly Hills, they're putting up... Um, a residential kind of building and very, very high end. Um, so that's definitely something that I'm seeing. People want the convenience of not having to take care of a lawn or landscaping. They don't have to think about it. They can move into these full service buildings. So that's definitely something that um, I'm seeing a lot of. Absolutely. And I, I think to your point is LA also could be a, where you have your second or third home. And I know in Century City specifically, the Fairmont um, is relaunching the Century Plaza Hotel, mm -hmm. and that's going to be quite an extravagant uh, residential luxury high-rise that we really can't wait to get our hands on as well. Mm -hmm. So again, it, I think people do want easier lifestyles now where you're catered to and you can order the room service in and you have the amenities that maybe you don't want to take care of a, uh, your lawn or a pool or all the household stuff. And I think we are seeing a big change in that. I totally agree with you. I mean, another thing that is really popular here in LA um, are spec homes. These really over-the-top, insane, you know, $500 million spec homes. I'm not saying that I love these things. I personally wouldn't want to live in a, a home that has a helicopter landing strip or whatever it's called. But um, there are more and more of these people are trying to outdo each other with the extravagance of these homes. And it's, it's definitely fun and interesting. And it's something that we cover in the magazine because you can't ignore that it's a very prevalent thing that's happening here. It's funny you say that because one of the, one of the conversations we had yesterday, we were talking about this a little bit. So L.A. is kind of the place where you come to reinvent yourself. You come to L.A., you get to try new things, you get to be a different person, you get to try things out. Maybe you go home, back east, wherever it was, or maybe you stay here because you like it here. In architecture and design specifically, this is certainly one of those, one of those places where you, know, you can drive around L.A. County and see some amazing architecture. At the same time, you'll see the googies or the dingbats that are experimental and stupid. Right? Googies, not so much, but the ding you know what the dingbats are? Does anyone know what they are? So when you drive by and you see those apartments where you park underneath the first story, so they have a soft story, and then you live above them, those are dingbats. Well, you don't want to build something with a soft story on earthquake territory. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense, right? But they did it because this is LA, and this is where you go to experiment and try new things. As you look at what you publicize and what you cover for edit and what you put in the books, um, you kind of have to have that cross between. You said you wouldn't want to live in, you know, like Versailles, right? You don't want a helicopter pad on the house. There are certainly people that, that buy that. Where do, you, where do you find the line between providing content for the people that want that and, let's just say it honestly, the rest of us that don't? Where's the line? And where's the line between that uber aspirational and what we all want on a regular basis? Well, for instance, um, there was this one spec home that was in all of you know, the different newspapers and magazines, every blog. Um, I think it was $500 million or some, I can't remember. It was some ex exorbitant amount. I think the way we covered that is we, instead of putting it in interiors, 
Um, we put it in Angelino in our annual real estate feature. And it was kind of like a, wow, look at this. We put it on a spread. We kind of annotated different like crazy things about it. We weren't saying this is how you get this type of design. It wasn't a service-driven piece. It wasn't a home tour type of piece. I wouldn't do you know, an eight-page feature on something like that in Interiors California, but I would put it in Angelino as a wow kind of I see. thing. Sort of an interstitial, a smaller piece. Right. Yeah. You are listening to my conversation with Laura Eckstein-Jones, editor-in-chief of Interiors Magazine and Angelino Magazine, and Christopher Gialinella, group publisher for these publications and others. This chat was held during West Edge Design Fair in the Convo by Design Programming Lounge. You're getting some amazing advice. I hope you use this as a resource to get some coverage for your projects. Here's another resource I hope you take advantage of. It's Article. I've been telling you about Article for a few weeks now. Article is an online-only furniture company inspired by mid-century style and Scandinavian simplicity. As a design trade professional, you are going to absolutely love the style and the quality of Article furniture. Here's the best part. This, you're going to dig this. Article has created a trade-only program specifically for busy designers like you. Check this out. Joining the trade program is free and there is no minimum for you to start receiving trade discounts. None. Exclusive designer pricing that cannot be found elsewhere for less. They offer standard one-year warranty on all article furniture and the shipping. You're going to love the shipping. Flat rate in most cases, if not free. And it's fast. Stock items ship in two weeks or less. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for this and make your job easier by working with partners who get you, who understand your challenges. Speaking of which, they handle special invoicing, tax-exempt purchasing, and the customer service is staffed by design professionals, which means that not only are these real people, but they know what you're trying to accomplish and have the authority to help you get it done. So, sign up for Article's trade program right now. Go to CXD. Dot article.com cxd as in convo by design cxd.article.com thank you and thank you article back to christopher and laura and some great advice about getting editorial coverage for your design work it seems daunting at times i get it laura and chris offer some great advice to help you take control one other thing because we're at west edge and because a lot of designers architects come here and they want coverage they want editorial coverage how do you, how approachable are you? Uh, and I'm curious how many, how many submissions you get on a regular basis, and then the follow-up is, so I may as well just ask it now, is what do you like to see? What is the best pitch for you? For me, email is best. Um, I think short and sweet is best. A link to high-res images is best. I'd like to know right away, has this property, has this home been photographed or not? Can we run the photographs? Is there a fee associated with running the photographs? That we're operating at a pretty tight budget, so that does make a difference sometimes. Um, has it been published before? Maybe a few different little screenshots um, so I can get an overall view and understanding of what the project is before having to link to something. Um, I would say, yeah, just short, sweet, direct, and um, letting me know whether or not it's been published before is best. One thing I heard before is an editor said that they want to know if it's been 
submitted anywhere else. Do you care? Um, I don't really care, but maybe I do care, actually. <laughs> I, because I've had some incidents happen where a project has been pitched to me, and then maybe I've taken a few days to get back to the publicist at, or the designer, and I'll say, actually, yes, we do want to run this, and they'll say, sorry, someone else has already said yes. So for you, it's, it's a matter of, it, you want to know if you have a, t if, if you have a time frame. Right, that, that would be helpful. Okay, well, if, for some, it, it's really interesting, too, because I could understand if it's been publicized, or published, rather, in, in, another, in another book or another magazine, but to, ha to be submitted, that seemed kind of like, well, wait a minute, you know? I, I want to get coverage. Where do I draw the line? And do you, do you feel... Tell me the competition between you and other non... And I know... This is a deep dive because we're at West Edge and you know, a lot of the people here are designers and architects and really having that insight to knowing how to best pitch is important. What is the competition like, both of you, whoever wants to answer, the, the competition in market with your competitors when you're fighting for the same event, you're fighting for the same piece of business, you're fighting for the same, um, the same project. Yeah. How does that work and I, do you guys play nice in the sandbox? I, Absolutely. We always play nice in the sandbox. And I always, you know, whenever I'm speaking to a business and they are partners with, let's say, you know, Lux Magazine, I'm actually glad that they're actually, you know, interacting with the media. So for me, it's actually a positive. Um, also, I think for us, we are modern luxury and we're a family of different luxury lifestyle brands. So our interiors product, for example, caters to the, the, the affluent residents of Southern California, and we utilize our core magazines like Angelino and Riviera, which is now Modern Luxury, Orange County, and San Diego, to get our word out of interior. So I, I feel like it's a company you keep, and I think our product is a little bit different than Lux and maybe Sea Home or some of the other products that are out there. And our audience has been you know, pretty loyal over, over the past 10 years since we launched Interiors. So, I welcome competition. I think it's always great. Um, I was going to add one thing about the submissions. One thing to always do is to make sure you know who the editor-in-chief is of the magazine because I get a lot of emails being on the publishing side where someone will ask me, who's the editor-in-chief? And the last thing, you know, and I'll always, I'll write back, you know, please read the magazine because if you don't read the magazine, you clearly don't know anything about what we do. So why bother to, you know, pitch a story on a magazine you know nothing about? So I think it's really important for if you take the time to pitch, know the product. Right? It, it, well, isn't, I'm, isn't that amazing? But I will tell you something. After, after having these conversations for this is our third day now... If you haven't heard any of the others before, this would amaze you to know how many people send cut and paste emails to the wrong people, to the wrong edit. Like you'll send, you want to reach modern luxury interiors and you do a cut and paste from a submission that you sent to Lux Magazine. Guess what? You're not going to get a return email. Uh, or you may, but it won't be nice. It's just, it's surprising in today's day and age. Now, I, here's the other thing. The other part of that is, and after years 
Combo by Design, we're, in our, we're going into our sixth year now, so I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of designers, a lot of architects. In that time, if you're in the business, I'm just curious, are most of you in the business? Yeah, okay. So if you're in the business, if you're a designer or an architect, and this may apply to other trades as well, you're spending on average 110% of the time that you've allocated to your job. What does that mean? Well, it means if you allocate, you know, here's the universe of time that I'm gonna apply to my, my job, you're spending 110% of the time you have doing that, which means you're taking 10% of the time from family, from travel, from gardening around the house, from your hobbies, from your personal time, from working out, from all of these other things. You're in deficit because you're taking it from there. And because of that, none of us have extra, we don't have extra time anymore to do things like this. But finding the right email, finding the right person, how would you like a submission? If you say email, see, I, I hate emails. I recognize their importance, but I hate them because People don't respond to your emails 90% of the time. Nobody picks up the phone anymore. Getting in touch with someone, if you actually go see them in person, someone's gonna call the cops because you're stalking them. <laughs> I mean, what is a well-crafted email for you for somebody that wants to submit a project for editorial coverage? Well, I know you don't like emails, but I do. <laughs> so, um, I would say what, what you guys were both talking about earlier whoever is pitching me needs to understand who they are pitching. So I always appreciate when somebody says something about what's in the current issue. It lets me understand that they do know the magazine and they understand the caliber of work that I'm looking for, that we're looking for at Modern Luxury. So maybe if they reference the cover story or say something about another story inside, that means a lot. It's one could be one sentence. Um, and like I said before, I think a short description of what the project is, what section they see it running in. So do they see it running in um, our home design section as more of a house tour kind of story? Do they see it as, oh, this is a fabulous kitchen that you should include in your annual kitchen and bath issue? Or is it something that would be best for our best of design feature? That is helpful to me um, to hear about where they see their pitch going in the magazine. I'm going to bring up one other point to what Laura is saying. There is always a way to get into the magazine, even if it's not through editorial. And we created a lot of really great channels, such as in our interiors magazine, we started California Faces of Design, which is an opportunity for anyone in the design field to advertise in sort of a, an advertorial way where we, we actually do a photo shoot of the individual. Um, we take pieces of a project they have, put it onto a page. You're interviewed by our special sections editor, and then you're celebrated at an event. So even if you feel you have a project or yourself and your own brand and you want to get it into our product, there's always a way to do that. So even if it's not done through editorial, you know, the sponsorship, marketing, advertising side, we always have elements to get your brand in front of our readers. So I think that's a really important thing to say. Um, yeah, no, it is. On top of everything. It is. And on top of that, you know, what's really interesting is traditional publishers, you're not just a magazine publisher anymore. You have to be a content provider. And I, I said this on Friday, in Friday's panel, uh, which was about brand development for the trade. It doesn't matter what business you're in. If you're on social media, 
you're a publisher. Uh, your, your audience may be smaller, uh, it may just be family, but guess what, you're still a publisher. We started talking about that because of social engagement. If you have a social media portfolio, if you're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest, and you post something, you'll generally get on average about the same thing. You'll get the same, usually you'll get about the same number of likes, you'll get the same number of comments, which are usually just emojis or great, pretty, fabulous, wonderful. It's mm -hmm. like, that's great. That's not yeah. engagement. It does nothing for me. Publishers have the, you know, magazine pr publishers have the same issues that you do. The difference is, is that they have bigger teams to sort of sift through that and to curate the content a bit more. And I think that's the point is you guys are publishers as well and you need to curate your own material and by doing so, if you're in the industry, you're gonna get more attention to get yourself additional coverage, whether, whether it's advertorial or editorial. And by the way, even if you're not in the trade, if you're, if you're a doctor, if you're a, if you're a real estate agent or a mortgage broker, if you're in some other service industry, the same basic principle applies. It's universal. Speaking of that, away from the magazine itself, away from the, the pages, as a publisher, as a content provider, how do, you, how do you grow? How do you, because it's the same, you have the same issues that a single proprietor Mm -hmm. designer has where right. you have to grow and you, you have to look at digital, you have to look at social, Absolutely. You, have, you have to look at content development. How do you approach it? So good, good question, Josh. So for example, in our October issue of Angelino that you'll, that you have on your chair, we featured our modern men, right? So here's an opportunity for men in business, whether you're in real estate, you're a designer, you're a doctor. We did a photo shoot of you. We dressed you. We, uh, congratulated you at a party, you invited your like-minded friends to the event, which also creates this great sphere of influence for networking, where the right people come to an event. We took it to another level where, Josh, you actually helped me out with this as well, where we actually video you, we interview you at the event, and you're now a tastemaker that could be used for your social media. So you're taking a print component and turning it into something a lot bigger, where now you're the authority on your business, you're interviewed, you use the video, you use the page in the magazine on your social media, and it adds a lot of credibility as to who you are. And I think we all have competition, and I know especially in the real estate market, they love this um, opportunity of branding themselves because, look, you, po you, print so you post something on your Instagram that ran in interiors, it adds a lot of credibility to who you are. So we're always thinking of new ways to entice and, and make our clients come back to us and realize we're not just a magazine, we're really a 360 degree approach. That's on the business side. I'm talking specifically too about you as a business growing your own following because, I mean, here's the theory. The theory is that you have the same struggles. Laura, you too, I mean, your, your goal, it's funny, we have two people here who's, who's, who deal in different currency, but it's the same thing. Chris, you have, you have rate base, you have, you have revenue. Laura, you have rate base as well, but you've also got engagement with the, the people that you serve. And that comes in different forms, but also it's making, it's, your goal is to provide as much engagement with the community as you possibly yeah. can, and positive engagement. And it's, it's important, and you can't just rely on the magazines to do it. So I wanna know from your perspective, as you're mentoring a, a room full of publishers, because you are your publishers as well. 
how, how does a publisher create better engagement? How do you engage with your listener, reader, viewer? How do you, subscriber, how do you, how do you engage? What do you look for? What do you recommend if, if they were editors of their own profiles, which you are, how they, how they grow them and better engage with their following? So I think, uh, I think I'm following you. So you're talking about more of how can they present themselves? Yeah, using some of the same practices that you use in, in presenting the work of the writers or the work that you write yourself, mm-hmm. um, how, can, how can they do something, how can they use some of those tips, tricks, hacks? Are you asking how, how they could stand out and, and keep, be relevant? It's funny. It's a, it, this is one of those experimental questions that sometimes land completely <laughs> flat and sometimes like, wow, that's really what esoteric. What is he saying? No, I, I'm, it's funny because I'm a publisher as well. And I'll be honest with you. I, I've been in broadcast for 30, 20-something years and I am always looking for new ways to engage. And I have the same struggles that you guys do with the social media. You get a certain number of likes, you get a certain number of responses, a certain number of those are great, wonderful, terrific, fantastic. The others are emojis, thumbs up, which is great, but it doesn't really tell me anything. The, the true engagement, and I think comes from, I think it comes from providing remarkable content first and foremost. Without a lot of time to do that, when it's not your primary job to do that, using other tools at your disposal, I'm just curious, with social, have you found any hacks, tips, tricks? You know, backlinks are something that used to be really popular, and then now it's not popular, and then it's, but it's kind of coming back a little bit. I'll tell you, in podcasting, it's really interesting. So what a lot of podcasters started doing is creating really long titles, for their shows in an effort to trend higher through Google and Apple. Well, Apple saw this and said, no, we don't want you doing that. So they changed their alg- algorithm. They changed the rules in the middle of the game. So all these podcasters that had all of these subscribers, listeners, followers, they lost a lot of them because their shows were delisted because the rules changed. In digital, that happens all the time. So with what you guys do, I'm t- I was just curious if you found some ways that you know, using social, using the tools combined, if you found a way that individuals, it's kind of like, like if I was to give you a DIY tip, it's like, here's how to install a fan in five easy steps. Is there, is there an easier way? Are there easy steps that you've discovered? I think I'm still on, a little <laughs> confused on your question, but I am gonna talk about maybe how we're using social media in our, in our field? Mm-hmm. Is, is that something yeah. you'd like to know? Yeah. I'm going to talk about one of our other magazines that we produce. It's called LA Confidential. And we recently um, merged with Niche Media, which was our competitor last year. And we had to find different ways to differentiate these two products, Angelino and LA Confidential. They both looked very similar. We used to compete against each other editorially and, and advertising-wise. So LA Confidential, for example, is sort of our luxury lifestyle magazine through the entertainment eyes, where we utilize a lot of celebrity, right? So social media is a big part of a celebrity's, celebrity's world. So what we do is we'll have a lot of 
big celebrity events, like we had our Emmy Awards party or our Academy Award party, where the celebrity who's on the cover will be the host of the event, and then individuals and business who are part of the modern luxury family have the opportunity to meet, greet, take a picture with the celebrity, put on their social media. That's something that we could offer to individuals and business where maybe it gives you a lot more credibility to have a picture taken with uh, Priyanka Chopra, who is on our October issue, right? So I think we're always evolving, and I think it's a really cool way for individuals to set themselves apart, and that's what we try to do with everybody, and if the value isn't there, then we're not doing our jobs. So believe it or not, in LA, I'll speak about ego. A lot of these things are really big here because people, a lot of people think they are celebrities or they're, they're the brand ambassadors or they're, they're the authorities, so it's our job to cater to that and we think we do that in a pretty remarkable way through our, through our magazine channels. I would to- see, thank you. That wasn't so hard. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Josh. No, thank you. No, I, I, I totally appreciate that. And it's funny because I'm hearing partnerships. And I think partnerships are a remarkable way for, for folks to work together. And I think it's something that we really don't do enough of regardless of the business that you're in, is sometimes go meet someone, say hello, give them a smile and ask a very simple question or simply introduce yourself. Isn't it funny that with email and social and all of the other ways that we can communicate with each other digitally that we sort of don't really communicate personally anymore? I think it's really interesting. On that note, uh, here's what I want to say. Thank you very much for taking the time Convo by Design is proud to be working with Vendôme Furniture. Design culture, it's the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vendôme pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest? Vendôme products are simple and elegant contemporary, and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted, modern, durable, molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique, and they beg to be enjoyed. They search the planet for the right designers that embody the Vendôme spirit and work together to create remarkable pieces into an exclusively Vendôme mode of expression. And if you haven't seen Vendôme before, you can check them out in uh, some of the Convo by Design videos you'll find on our YouTube channel. But you can find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in L.A. Or online at vondom.com.